Session four, how to be understood, part two. So a couple questions to ponder. How do you develop effective conversation? How to properly engage in a conversation and how to keep it going. So we're still building on these concepts. And so we wanna be known. We wanna make sure that wherever we go, we're positioning ourselves for people to understand that we are there, that we do count, and that what we say has to matter. And so today we're gonna do is we're gonna take a comprehensive look at Elijah, but at one of the weakest points of his life. If you don't know who Elijah is, Elijah was one of the most amazing prophets and God used him in a mighty way for many victories. And so the angle that I wanna approach is, is to really look at what happened to his conversation with God, what caused this separation and his division. So we're gonna break this down together. Passage 1 Kings, chapter 19, and we're going to start at verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all, all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, but ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I don't make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom brush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than any of these ancestors that I have. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and thereby his head was some bread, baked over hot coals, and a jar of water. He ate and he drank, and then he lay down again. This is verse 7. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and touched and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. And so he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled forty days and forty nights until he reached Herob. The mountain of God, there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord, God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. Verse 11. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was another earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down all your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. 
And the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Haziel king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshah, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha son of Shaphast. From Abel, Monela, and Israel, anoint Elisha. They will be succeeding you as prophet. Now I'm going to stop here because I want you to see there's, there's this interaction between God and Elijah. And there's a desperation. And you see this desperation because what's going on? Let's, let's, let's ponder that a bit. Why was Elijah so afraid? What was going on that there was such a fear? So many victories. And yet one action, one thing that was verbalized, now it's just about over. So, we see that the fear that he was having was by a statement made by Jezebel. And notice, just as the prophets of his time were defeated, all those false prophets, guess what? By the hand of God, now Jezebel says, well, you know what? You did that to them. I can now do that to you. So, here's the first thing I want to look at. I want to look at fear. See, fear causes us to run from issues we need to confront. One of the issues that we have in conversation is that a lot of times we don't engage because of fear. Fear of what they might say, fear of ridicule, fear of connecting. And so God does not want you to fear. So if you look at verse 19 or chapter 19 verse 3, he ran from Jezebel. Don't allow fear to disconnect things that are meaningful. In a marriage, don't allow fear with your wife to separate that because remember we talked about before how the family structure, your actions are caught and not taught. There has to be trust and the biggest thing that we all need is we need to feel safe. And so you have to build around that. What are you gonna accomplish if you remain fearful? Nothing. So it's better to engage and to find out what was gonna happen than never to engage at all. Another thing that you notice is the loss of hope. The loss of hope can lead you to the path of death. Look at what happened to Elijah. He got to the point where he had lost so much hope and he was so much, oh, he had so much fear that he got to the point where he said, you know, I just want to lay down right here and I want to die. Just take my life. All these victories that preceded him and now he gets to this point. Can you get to that point? Are you in that point? where you feel like I've done so much already and now I'm so disconnected with the world, with reality, with my family. It could be that you've made mistakes and now you feel like there's, there's no redemption. And that's a lie from the enemy. There's always hope and there's always redemption. And so it's so critical that you stay connected. Now, look at what he did to recognize what was going on. I want us to look real quick. This is gonna be verse nine, okay? And he says, recognize the need to talk about the issue. You notice the angel says, what are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 9. So what are you doing here? And so there's a start. There's a point of, of, of conversation. And this is what you need. A lot of times in a situation, you start with a question. You don't have to dive right in. If you back up a little bit more, he says, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. 
there's a conversation there, but you see that there's hurt. A lot of times when you're communicating with somebody, listen to them. Give them time to, to develop their heart. Give them time to develop what's in their mind, what's going on, so that you can better address it. It's the same thing with you. When, when you have something urgent that you have to say, you're gonna share some things that are deep, but if they could just take some time to not interject to hear your heart out. Eliminate excuses. In verse 10, I'm the last prophet not killed. Well, what's amazing is that there were still more prophets left. He wasn't the last prophet. Don't make excuses. Don't present yourself in a conversation where, hey, I know this isn't gonna work, or I know you're not gonna hear me, or jump, jump to those conclusions. Because as soon as you make excuses, what happens is those walls start to drive up. They start to grow. And then you now have this barrier. Be honest, be clear, don't make excuses. Be upfront with it and you'll see how those walls will quickly come down. Face the music. Stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, verse 10. That was the challenge, go out. Face the music. If you've made a mistake, if you made a mistake in your marriage, if you made a mistake in a relationship, if you made a mistake with a friendship, and you know that you were at fault, face the music. Go before them and talk to them. Listen, I've made mistakes. Do you know who the biggest person is to forgive? It's yourself. If you can forgive yourself, then you can move forward. See, it doesn't matter if anybody else doesn't forgive you, but if you can forgive yourself, you can move forward. I want you to think about it this way. If everybody forgives you, if God has forgiven you and you still can't forgive yourself, you're not moving forward. You have to get to know who you are. You gotta come in terms to say, you know what, I made a mistake, but I wanna change. That's what repentance is about, and that's something that we try to gloss over. But to repent means you wanna move away from who you used to be and to who you are now. And if you made poor choices again in, in a marriage, if you made poor choices in a relationship, do you want to start over? That's the question you got to ask yourself because if you don't want to start over, I mean, you could just shut the podcast off right now. It's not going to matter. But if you do want to try, then let's move forward. Forgive yourself. We're not perfect, but we do serve a perfect God. Conversation with gentleness will draw others to talk. Now this is amazing because I want you to look at the scriptures. Think about what was going on here, right? So he's in a cave by himself. And what did he hear first? He heard the wind. And the wind was rushing and it shook the mountain. But did Elijah go out? No. And in context, notice the scripture says that the Lord wasn't in the wind. Then there was a mighty earthquake that shook the mountain as well. Same thing happened. Elijah didn't go out, but guess what? The Lord wasn't in the earthquake. Then there was a fire. And in that fire was God in it. No, he still didn't move out. See, this is, this is something I really want you to process because think about fire when you're angry and when you're heated. No one's gonna hear you out. You have to be calm. You have to approach the situation in terms of taking a deep breath, 
and letting them hear you out, but in a peaceful way. Think about the violence of an earthquake. What are you going to accomplish by shaking somebody, getting them so fired up? Nothing. See, I'm saying all these elements to shake up things, they don't work. But how did God draw Elijah out? He drew him out by gentle words. You can catch more honey, right? Or you can catch more bees by honey. But think about what your words have to say. If you know you've made a mistake, or even if you didn't make a mistake and you want that dialogue, you want that conversation, let it be sweetness. We talked about um, in the last session, seasons, right? We talked about salt, seasoning our conversation. That's what creates success. That's what allows us to open up the minds of our children, open up the minds of those that we work with, is when you can approach the conversation in sweetness and humility and gentleness. And that's what our amazing God did. He said to Elijah, Elijah, come on out. Come on out in a gentle way. And what happened? Elijah took his cloak, put it over his head, walked out to the mouth of the cave. I could imagine him on his knees before the Lord. God, I'm broken. You hear my words coming close to death. I just can't keep pushing on anymore. I've seen your victories, but lately I haven't seen many of them. Man, I'm, I'm batting a zero right now. I don't know what to do, and I'm afraid. But I hear your gentle voice, God. I need your help. Notice what God does. He still asks him, what are you doing here? But if you notice, he redirects him. See, in order, in order for us to grow, we can't run. We have to face whatever we're going through. And so what you run from is what you've got to go back and face. The more you run from it, healing will never happen. And so you look at this, going back. This will allow you to break the cycle of pain. So the Lord commanded Elijah, go back where you came from. And he came back, right, with a plan. Whatever you're going through, if you're running right now, if you're running from a relationship, if you're running from brokenness, go back. Go back and ask for forgiveness. Go back and listen to the individual. If you have pride where they've hurt you, go back and listen to them. It's a whole lot better to do life with somebody when you truly are attempting and trying than to try to play a guessing game and just never have known. And so this is really what we're talking about here, trying to understand how to be understood. And so I want you guys to listen to this clip, right? So I took this clip from Remember the Titans. And this is from the two team captains. One is the defensive one, and then one is the offensive. And I want you to hear this inner dialogue between both of them. And let's, let's go ahead and look at some of the mistakes that they're making and some of the things that they can do to break through. All right, man, listen. I'm Gary, you're Julius. Let's get some particulars and just get this over with, all right? Particulars? Yeah. No matter what I tell you, you ain't gonna never know nothing about hey, me. Hey, listen, I ain't running any more of these three days, okay? Well, what I got to say, you really don't want to hear, because honesty ain't too high up on your people's priority list, right? Honesty? You want honesty? All right, honestly, 
I think you're nothing. Nothing but a pure waste of God-given talent. You don't listen to nobody, man. Not even Doc or Boone. Shiver push on the line every time, man. You blow right past them. Push them. Pull them. Do something. You can't run over everybody in this league. And every time you do, you leave one of your teammates hanging out to dry. Me in particular. Why should I give a hoot about you? Huh? Or anybody else out there? You want to talk about a waste? You the captain, right? Right. Captain's supposed to be the leader, right? Right. You got a job? I have a you job. You been doing your job? I've been doing my job. Then why don't you tell your white buddies to block for Rev better? Because they have not blocked for him or for Plug Nickel, and you know it. Nobody plays, yourself included. I'm supposed to wear myself out for the team? What team? No. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look out for myself, and I'm going to get mine. See, man. That's the worst attitude I ever heard. Attitude reflect leadership, Captain. Hmm. Sound familiar? Have you been through that? I know I have been. So attitude reflects leadership. There's so much that we can pull from that conversation. Notice how they compared each other. They focused on the mistakes they both were doing. Nothing positive, it was just like, this is what you're doing wrong and this is what you're doing wrong. If you change, this will be better. Well, if you change, this will be better. Sound familiar? You're going tit for tat in a conversation with somebody and what you care about is to be heard, not to be understood. And so that's what we're focusing on in this session, is the secret to be understood is to really understand. It's to be patient to say, what is it that you're telling me? I'm willing to listen. So I'm willing to understand your point of view. Let me know how I can reflect and how I can change. But then if I can change and I can reflect on it, then can, now I, can I now share with you and you hear me out? Things that you need to work on as well. And can you change? See, we have to work together. There has to be a compromise. It has to be a team effort. Notice that there has to be action behind it. If somebody tells you to change but you never change, what happens to the trust? It's going to continue to go down. And many relationships, it's like a bucket that's filled with water. The more they distrust you, the emptier that bucket becomes. And so if you've been in a position where many lack trust, then what has to happen is you have to build that trust a brick at a time. And it takes time. That's why it's so important to maintain integrity. It's so important to maintain character. To do the right thing. And so what we tend to do is that we tend to do me. It's all about me. And then all of a sudden you're wondering, man, why did I fall so deep in this? What happened? Well, what happened is that you missed the focus. You missed the plan. You missed the block. Somebody got hurt. But we can change there. There's a redemptive process behind this. But remember, can you go before them and say, listen, I am sorry. Can you forgive yourself? Can you be broken? And that's, that's a deep question to ask you. So we're gonna look at this real quick as we close out in this session. I'm gonna call this communication killers. And this is our auto thinking. This is in our subconscious. This is something that flows naturally. 
See, what God wants us to do is that he wants to live at that system three. System three is God's word, the mind of Christ. This is where we're constantly downloading, God, what would you have me to say? God, how do I see the way you see? See, because the problem is when you see how you see, nine times out of 10, it's not gonna work out well for you. Now, it may make you feel good, but in the long run, guess what? Like we talked in previous sessions, all we're gonna do is pull the pin out of the grenade and see shrapnel, a major explosion hit us all. So there's certain mental actions that will cause conversations to go nowhere. So again, these are, con these are conversation killers. So number one, stay away from being selfish. If you know you're gonna approach a conversation, it's all about you, it's about your input, it's about what you have to say, then shut it down. You're not gonna go anywhere. You might feel you're going somewhere, but little by little, they'll start to tune you out. Now, they might accept it for a while. They might welcome you in for a while, but I will guarantee you, you'll start to avoid those callbacks. All of a sudden, it'll be like you're calling somebody up and they're not picking up. Maybe you felt that way. Maybe you've been on the other end where the person is so selfish that you see that number come through and you're like, oh man, I don't want to pick this one. Blaming others. What do we accomplish when you blame others? All it does is puts them at the defensive. Believe me, people know when they're making mistakes. And you know what I've learned is that when you allow them to process their own mistake, they learn more from that than to be reminded of it. Negative attitude. Look at your body language. If you're in a conversation and, and your shoulders are slumped and you're looking away, you, you don't care, you're not focused, they see that. So, so re-engage, set yourself up for success, prepare yourself in these conversations. That's why when I look at this content here, it's not a joke. This is not like a, a quick hit me for 1995, we're gonna maximize our conversation. No, this is real, because there's so many people that are hurting. Our kids are very impressionable. As an educator, I see it in the classroom. There's so much pain that's out there that could be preventable just by the way we act, just by the tools that we can actually display in front of our family, in front of our children, in front of our communities. What about refusal to self-reflect? That's when you know you really can grow, is when you can self-reflect and say, who am I? Why did I do that? What caused that action in me? Why, why did I yell at, at my son or, or my wife or vice versa or my coworker? Why did I shut down when they were trying to talk to me and explain certain things to me and I didn't want to hear it? Why the negative body language? Why is it that I can't stay focused in this conversation? Can I really ask for forgiveness? Is that a struggle for me? Am I able to approach a relationship and, and put all the cards on the tables or do I, or do I hold some of them? We're not gambling here. This is true life. And this is where we can definitely make a tremendous change. And so I encourage you, and I'm speaking to myself, I'm speaking to the choir. Today is a new day for you. I am so proud of you. I am so proud that you've come this far along with the power shift. I'm so proud of, of how you're processing this because I can, I can guarantee you that there's victory on the other side. 
being human, like I said, being humble. Don't allow yourself to undertake that fear and go before God. Let him know, God, I am broken. And I'm here to let you know that it's in that brokenness that would allow others to see that you're truly strong. So I'm excited that you joined me for this session. And so keep in mind, you can connect with me at YouTube. It's going to be through Life Coach 180. We're constantly putting video content out as well. I have an Instagram. The Instagram is also Life Coach 180. You can join me there. And then our website is djlopez.org. Right now, I'm working on putting out a course that we can actually work through together. So allow me to continue to do life with you. Allow me to be there with you. I know we're away from each other from distance, but feel the pulse of my heart because I truly love you. And I'm so grateful that you've given me this opportunity to come into your room and to share my heart with you. I love you so much. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Until our next session that's coming up, that one is actually going to be called The Birthright. Have a blessed day.